You are listening to the Anchor Podcast version of the Open Line Radio Show. This show is edited. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back after that brief interlude. I apologize for that. We have on the line one of our guests, Brother Dimitri Muhammad. Uh, how you doing, brother? Brother, I'm doing fine by the grace and mercy of Almighty God, Allah. Yes, brother. Um, we just gave that brief introduction on what was going on uh, with uh, the new information on Brother Malcolm. And also, you have a book out that I think that that's very interesting. Uh, and we definitely want to always salute the brothers from the Nation of Islam. Uh, I myself am a TV producer for Brother Darren Muhammad of the Community Defender Talk Show uh, here in, in Lafayette, Louisiana, with that scene every uh, two weeks on AOC Public Media. So I just want to give a shout-out to the Nation of Islam and, and all the work that the Brother Minister Farrakhan is doing to help keep our people strong and, in, and informed. Welcome to South Louisiana on the open line on KIEE 88.3 FM, Brother Dimitric. Thank you so much, my brother. I'm very honored and very happy to be here with you. Yes, my brother. So tell us the information we're supposed to have on the panel, uh, and I hope uh, uh, it would be no issue. We have Brother Wesley Muhammad who's supposed to be calling in, too, and we're going to get him on the line. And we need to disseminate this information to South Louisiana because our people are always interested in uh, some I call real black history and recent black history dealing with uh, the, the, the brothers from the Nation of Islam and the issue with Brother Malcolm. Oh, of course, uh, Dr. Wesley is my dear brother and friend, so I'd be very honored to be on with my brother. Yes, sir. So tell us a, a little bit more about the subject matter. Well, I think that uh, everyone by now has seen that over the weekend, there was a confirmation of much of the historical research that many Malcolm X researchers and historians uh, of the assassination of Malcolm X have uh, known for a long time of the collaboration between various law enforcement agencies to not only infiltrate and install informants in strong black organizations, but to even insert among otherwise well-meaning black brothers and sisters, this very pernicious character known as the agent provocateur. And we saw in the revelations of Ray Wood through his family that he admitted that he was one. Uh, And we know that there were many others who were actually hired to encourage members and leaders of black groups who had organized to pursue justice and liberation for our people, Ray Wood testified that as a New York City Police Department officer, his job was to encourage them to commit felonious crimes. This is extraordinary. And so as a community of people, I think it is time now for us to begin to use this as a uh, organizing point so that we can do, as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has been saying for years, that we must demand that all of the files of the FBI, all of the files of the New York Police Department, all of the files of the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith, all of those organizations worked and conspired to destroy the legitimate movement of black people 
the right that we have to redress our grievances against the American government, come to find out our own government was working to destroy these movements and thus deprive us of not only our constitutional rights, but also the rights of human beings to live and have freedom, justice, and the pursuit of happiness. And so we have uh, published a book. It came out last year, February of 2020. And the book is called, But Didn't You Kill Malcolm? Myth-Busting the Propaganda Against the Nation of Islam that includes a bevy of empirical facts and evidence, more than 400 sources, that actually vindicates the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and the Nation of Islam against the false charge that it is we, the black Muslims, who were responsible for the assassination of Malcolm X. And so we're very happy to uh, be on your program to talk about it and to let the community know that such a work is now available. Why do you think uh, that the individual came forward this late in life and he hadn't did it in the past? And what do you think, I mean, your opinion of why he would come now as opposed to in the earlier days? You know, I cannot speculate as to what any individual thinks in their heart of hearts. And certainly I have no personal knowledge of the individual Ray Wood. However, he communicated through his cousin and in his letter and in his book that he was very afraid, that he was made to be very afraid. And so many of the characters whom our government has used over the years as patsies, as pawns, as stool pigeons and turncoats against their own people, oftentimes these are persons who are intimidated and threatened or even bribed uh, to become participants in the undoing of their own people. So I can't say with any degree of certainty why Raymond Wood held this for these many years, but from his own hand, through communicating via his cousin, he expressed that he had a great fear of those whom he had previously worked for. Brother Dietrich, we want to bring on the line right now, Dr. Wesley Muhammad, who I, we heard also so much about him, and uh, Brother Takuna Shabazz, an associate of mine, uh, gives his warmest uh, greetings to you also. He's a, a scholar here in the Lafayette area, and he told me so much about you, uh, Dr. Wesley. Welcome to the open line on KIEE 88.3 FM. Oh, Brother Jay, thank you so very much. Assalamu alaikum to you yes. and your audience, to my brother, Brother Suda Minister Dimitri Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam, dear brother. It's wonderful to be on your show, Brother Jay, and a partner with my brother, Brother Dimitri. Oh, it's an honor for both of you to be here in on South Louisiana. We in the heart of, and that's me. I always throw my commentary, heart of conservative Louisiana, but we got our people who are strong out here, here in the Lafayette and uh, South Louisiana area. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, my brother, if you don't mind giving a short uh, synopsis on, uh, I saw you the other day on uh with uh, attorney, attorney Benjamin Crump, who we had uh, in this area 
concerning a case of the case of Victor White. Shout out to Reverend Victor White. He lost his son some years ago. And Benjamin Crump has always been at the forefront of giving us some information along along with some others in this area. Tell us what, what you guys was trying to bring out the other day. Yes, sir. Shout out to Brother Attorney Benjamin Crump. Um, as I said on uh, on the NNV um, interview with Brother Benjamin Crump and shared to Brother Attorney Crump, it's my opinion that that particular press conference was one of the most significant events um, in this journey post-February 21st, 1965, in this journey to understand what happened on that day. I believe that that press conference this past Saturday was one of the most significant events in this journey. I think the Ray Wood, Officer Ray Wood, deathbed letter it's so significant because it shines light on so many aspects of and answers so many questions regarding February 21st, 1965. Not just his involvement, but it gives clarity to what shines light on the mystery of the second apprehended suspect, but also shines a great light on his fellow Marcy operative, Gene Roberts. Gene Roberts never admitted to his sinister role on that day, to the day he died alone in Virginia. He told the party line, the NYPD party line, that he was trying to save Brother Malcolm giving him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. But Ray Wood's confession shines light not only on Ray Wood's involvement, but on Jane Roberts' involvement as well. Yes, Brother brother Dietrich, uh, you have something to add uh, to that segment? No, I, I agree with my brother, Dr. Wesley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an extraordinary admission Again, uh, focusing on what many people are talking about today in terms of black youth and the rise of the school to prison pipeline and the filling up of black men in jails and prisons throughout America. And here to have a New York City police officer who is supposed to serve and protect is admitting these are his own words, that his job was to encourage the members of black organizations to commit felonious crimes. So I would add to what Dr. Wesley said, it shines light certainly on the specifics of the assassination of Minister Malcolm X, but it also bears great interest for the larger community of our people who may have no interest in Malcolm X's assassination, the tactics used by law enforcement agencies to help fill its jails and prisons with otherwise well-meaning black brothers and sisters. This is extraordinary. That's right. 
yes, brother, you you want to you want to add, uh, Doctor Wesley? Feel free, feel free to have a conversation for South Louisiana that that we should know things we should know here in, in South Louisiana. Yes, sir. No, sir. I can't add. I'm only agreeing and bearing witness. To yes, sir. Brother Demetrius is sharing. Yeah. Well, let me let me say this. How important of a historical moment is this as it relates to what's going on now? Uh, we know we saw in Washington, D.C., there was a what they call an insurrection, and people, I call it a bum rush, yeah, so to speak, in South Louisiana terms, and we didn't see any outcry where the FBI was infiltrating them and trying to stop them from doing this and doing that. But yet when black folks sit and become uh, defensive, you know, I I view these groups uh, as being offensive groups that want to do harm to people. But when black folks stand up in defense, much like for history and tell people we should defend our, of our issues, we become, on the radar of the J. Edgar Hoovers and so forth, uh, right. b- brother uh, Wesley. Uh, brother right. Wes- brother Wesley. Before you come, I want to introduce our great sister, Sister Asada Khadijah. Uh, she's a longtime activist, uh, and she's our co-host. She just arrived late, and we're gonna dock her some pay. But uh, she, she, when she heard <laughs> you guys was on, she had to rush down here to come to the station, and so she's also my boss. So. Uh, welcome, Sister Khadija. Yes, Hotel Barigania, Assalamu alaikum. Uh, I just wanted to say that it's enlightening. Uh, I just wish that we really had like a four-hour show because we need to get the brothers down here in Lafayette, Louisiana, on the local AOC channel. Uh, we've seen the documentary, and the documentary uh, remained true to what we already knew what had happened. Now, there has been so many books that was written, and... I'm so elated that you're going to go ahead and have, you You already have a book. Uh, but I wanted to find out the book, uh, Malcolm X, uh, A Life of Reinvention by Manning Marble, uh, also the winner of the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, we came to the conclusion, conclusion that it was nothing but garbage, a bunch of lies, and we do, we do not recommend that book. Do, are you familiar with this, sir? Uh, any one of y'all? Yes, I'm I'm very familiar with it. Um and I I would say this sister that as is typical with this world's production, it's truth mixed with falsehood. There is much garbage okay. in there, but there is, I would say, some very important little recognized up to this point information in there. Manny Marable had an agenda. It's interesting that um, one of Professor Marable's points was the deconstruction and the impeaching, if you will, of Alex Haley's autobiography of Malcolm X. Uh, Manny Marable presents that as the work of the um, conservative Republican integrationist agenda of Alex Haley, whom he said also has some affiliation with the FBI. 
and you do see Alex Haley's hate. Alex Haley hated Malcolm X's politics. Alex Haley hated the politics of the Nation of Islam. But so is Manny Marable's democratic socialist politics and agenda, contrary to the politics and agenda of Malcolm X as Malcolm X represented himself for most of his public life. So in both books, you have competing ideological agendas, both of which were hostile to the ideology of of Malcolm X. Brother Dietrich? Yes, brother. I, I agree. I, yes, sir. I'm sorry. I, I agree with Dr. Wesley, and, and we devote uh, a section of our book to discuss the problems with uh, Professor Marable's book, as well as, I mean, pardon me, the problem with Alex Haley's book, the problem with Spike Lee's film, and the overall use of mainstream media, books, movies, television documentaries uh, to create a campaign of propaganda that, as my brother, Dr. Wesley, just pointed out, you know, it's, it's really intriguing that when Malcolm was assassinated, certainly when he lived, that most of those in mainstream America loathed and hated him. You even see this expressed very powerfully in the any number of public obituaries that were published in major newspapers across America. This is how mainstream America felt about Minister Malcolm X upon his assassination. Fast forward 30 years during the ramp up to the rebuilding of the Nation of Islam by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan when the powers that be could not identify any other worthy black leader that they might get behind to make an opponent to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We say that they went into the graveyard of black history. And at this point in the late 80s and the early 90s, the legacy of Minister Malcolm was posthumously exhumed or resurrected from the grave. And his uh, life, his work, what he stood for, what he believed, was sanitized. So it would, it is very curious, especially to historians, right? That just over the past weekend, Minister Malcolm X was referred to as a civil rights leader. Right. Now, clearly the sixties, many black history historians break up the sixties into the civil rights era and the black power era and most place and rightfully so. Brother Malcolm in the nationalist element, in the black power element. But we see the links to which uh, when um, someone is being used for a strategic purpose, uh, that everything that they stood for and everything that they represented can be co-opted, twisted, and turned for propagandist purposes. And we believe that those propagandist purposes involve seeking to destroy uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan during the rebuilding of the Nation of Islam, and we document that. If I can add on, on that point, this sanitizing of Malcolm X as 
brother the matrix has pointed out the road to making malcolm x a civil rights leader there's a sense in which it began in truth with brother malcolm because he tried very hard to court the civil rights establishment he did want to be among them but most importantly when the u.s postal service in 1998 or 99 unveiled the malcolm x postage stamp and the bio that accompanied that postage stamp explicitly identified even though misattributing the picture, misidentifying the picture that they used of Malcolm, therefore acknowledging that they are not um, very good with facts. But that biography to the postal stamp Malcolm X explicitly described him as an integrationist. And when that was done, when Malcolm's legacy was co-opted, commandeered, and violently sanitized like that, if you will, such that he can be made an integrationist. And there was no real significant revolt among the, the community who loves Brother Malcolm. That was the green light that really um, Malcolm can be twisted and made to serve any number of purposes and it culminating today with I would say the querying of Malcolm X so now Malcolm X is conscripted into the defeminization of the black man agenda so it wasn't enough to make him a civil rights leader and then an integrationist now Malcolm X has been queered and is celebrated in some circles as a part of gay black history which of course we know is very insidious and there was no grounds for that claim no solid grounds for that claim oh yes that's uh uh, they always uh seem to know how to twist things around uh because as you as you as we knew uh well doctor uh dr velva bowles right here in uh louisiana she w- was talking about an interview that she was doing and she said well they asked her well you know the insurrection that happened on on this day at the capitol that had to be the worst day of uh of our lives and she said maybe of your life but she said throughout history the what the United uh, States has done has has been totally, totally criminal, uh, right. totally, totally yes, uh, criminal from uh, the, the bombing in Philadelphia to uh, the the continued uh, lynching of our black men, women and children and what they done to uh, Malcolm X, the assassination yeah. of Malcolm X. So even though. They put out their story. You do have people that know the truth, and we continuously try to speak the truth. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And to that point, if I may, I think one of 
why this conversation is so important, and I thank you for allowing myself and my brother, brother Dimitri, to to participate in this conversation. One of the significances, in my opinion, of Saturday's press conference shining the light on the government's hand in the assassination of Malcolm X is because while Malcolm's assassination on February 21st, 1965, was part of the government hits of the 60s, in fact, the assassination of Malcolm X follows the blueprint and has the morphology of the government hits of JFK, Martin Luther King Jr., and Robert F. Kennedy. In fact, those four assassinations are connected behind the scene. The same hand is involved in all four hits. Yet, most of the discussion of the uh, political assassinations of the 60s they don't tend to include the assassination of Malcolm X when discussing the assassination of King and the two Kennedys, not in the same light. It's as if those three are confirmed governmental hits, but Malcolm's murder was nothing but a black-on-black thing. And that is not the case in all three Lee Harvey Oswald was the patsy, if you will, in the assassination of JFK. Sirhan Sirhan with Robert Kennedy. James Earl Ray was patsy in the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. And Thomas Hare was patsy in the sense, was sac- was pawn sacrifice, if you will, in a governmental hit. So it's important that you make that point that of the things done to Black people by others, of the tragic events that has been visited upon us by a government hostile to our interests is the assassination of Malcolm X, among other tragic events. Sir, yes, sir. We we are so... uh, happy here this is uh the superstation k-i-e-e 88.3 fm and we're trying to uh, yeah, the, the we, call the lines has been busy busy yeah, call so we had and we want to let the callers know we try to keep our calls brief because we have two dynamic brothers on the line and yes if we work hard over here at the open line to get our guests on but uh Try to limit your, 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 your time when you ask a question. Uh, one of the things I want to also say before we go to, uh, go to the uh, callers, uh, Brother Dimitri uh, and Brother Dr. Wesley, one of the things that I see the hidden, hidden hand also in the issue, and that's going to be our guest next week, uh, the Hampton family with Fred Hampton. Uh, even that's if we true. don't want to look at the Hollywood movie, you got to look at the fact, all the, all the facts that came out around this case. It's the same people, the same modus operandi. And Absolutely. our people need to understand what is really at play here with the so-called government that we're going to 
trust to investigate these wrongful deaths by police hands, these wrongful uh, killings, these the, uh, a lot of these wrongful things that we always, well, we need the FBI to investigate. Well, the FBI in, in a lot of cases uh, has been the catalyst in people getting killed. So, bro- brother uh, Dimitri or brother Wesley, uh, I don't know if you would agree I, I with think- that. I, I think you're right on point, my brother. You know, for so many years, those of us in the Nation of Islam have borne the brunt of being blamed in the court of public opinion, of pub, public opinion or convicted in the court of public opinion for having been responsible for the assassination of Malcolm X. And it is, seems like many people have been very willing to believe that instead of the white power structure or the federal government or law enforcement agencies being responsible for the assassination of Malcolm X, it seems that many people uh, have been more willing to believe it was their own black brothers in spite of the long and storied history of the nation of Islam as a spiritual community that not only gave to the world the likes of Minister Malcolm X, but actually transformed so many unsung heroes and unknown brothers and sisters who came to the transformative message of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan and have gone on to become great men and women. And so I think that recent revelations uh, from Mr. Raymond Wood about the involvement of the New York police department, are very, very important. And we document in our book that there are other entities or other hidden hands that need to be exposed, particularly the hand of the Anti-Defamation League of B'nai B'rith, who Jagger Hoover ordered all of his officers to officially liaison and cooperate with. And just as people have often pointed to the war of words between Malcolm X and his community and the Nation of Islam that was carried out through the Muhammad Speaks newspaper. The public needs to see what Jewish periodicals published through their readership excoriating and condemning Malcolm X and the hidden hand that they have played along with the NYPD and the FBI. The time has come for all black groups, the Nation of Islam and others, to be exonerated of being those who participated in the destruction of our own people. Brother, uh, you you don't mind if we take a phone call. We have a caller that's been patiently waiting uh, on the line. Caller, go ahead. You're on the open line. Well, guys, look, uh, happy Black History Month because we got four days before the white folks of the media and the other America goes back to normalizing their hate for black people. But look, uh, uh, Malcolm X was the greatest, the greatest man that ever lived on this planet. And that religion that he followed, the Muslim, wasn't as real as he made it. Let's be clear. You can blame the government. You can blame everybody else. But his teacher, Farrakhan, they all participated in the murdering of this man. Now, we got to stop blaming other people because we as black people are the only ones who can, can hold ourselves back. we got to stop letting people put their theories in our head. Other than we, we, we always save this country. 
from voting to everything else. But why we can't be real about it was the black Muslim who killed Malcolm X because of his power. Okay. Thank y'all, guys. Y'all stay straight and stay alive and make sure y'all conscious with these theories that people are trying to put out that the Muslim didn't have nothing. They had much to do with it. Okay, okay, uh, caller. Uh, thank you, thank you, caller. And uh, I would, I would like to uh, elaborate on that one. Uh, as as this comment was made, we we're not. Um, uh, well, we're not going to be taking any more calls, all right, because we don't want to deter from the, the truth of what is actually going on. And that's part of the hypocrisy. That's part of the lie that they have continued to put out on behalf of the uh, Muslim community, on behalf of, oh, the Muslim uh they, they, they killed Malcolm. Oh, we know that's a damn lie. We know exactly where it came from. And, uh, you know, when you're able to see things uh, from not what is just being put in the front of you, then you know better. Uh, uh, Dr. Wesley, uh, Brother Dimitri. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And especially because Brother Dimitri has so wonderfully busted that myth up in his great book, but didn't y'all kill Malcolm? I'm, I want to quickly allow him to respond to our brother, but I would point out an introduction to that. Our dear brother said that we need to stop um, allowing people to put thoughts in our head, but the very claim that he made was the thought put in his head by the U.S. government and allied forces in the media to falsely make the Honorable Brother Minister Farrakhan complicit in the murder of Malcolm X. There is no truth to that. He was never investigated or questioned as part of the investigation, and no one has since produced any evidence leaking, linking the Honorable Brother Minister Farrakhan to those fateful events on February 21st. So the very thought that he put out there is the thought that was put in his head by the enemy of the progress of Black people. Brother Dimitri? Uh, great point, uh, Brother Doc. Um, you're right. And I was on a program the other day, and I mentioned, you know, this, this concept of there being two courts the courts of law that actually have evidentiary rules where you actually have to prove what you say in a court of law. And then right. there's the court of public opinion where you can say whatever the hell you want to say right. and you don't have to have any facts to back it up. So notice how, as you are pointing out, Dr. Wesley, uh, there's never been any evidence that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad or the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, or the Nation of Islam as a body, has any culpability or responsibility for the assassination of Minister Malcolm X. And this right. is one of the points that we, you know, powerfully document in our book. Many you people do. may not even know, and we have it on the back cover because we just thought it was just such a powerful book to frame, powerful quote, pardon me, to frame the book. But there's a quote on the back cover of our book from Malcolm's secretary. Now, of course, in this whole drama, uh, Malcolm established two organizations, 
the Mohammed, the Mohammed, I mean, pardon me, the Muslim Mosque Incorporated and the OAAU, Organization of Afro-American Unity. And one of his administrative assistants or secretaries was Ms. Sarah Mitchell, whom we were blessed to speak with an interview. But in a monograph that she published some years ago, not too long after Brother Malcolm was assassinated, called Shepherd of the Black Sheep, she wrote about the last conversation that Malcolm ever had. And that last conversation was with her. And she said, quote, during his final hours, Malcolm spoke of plans for explaining to the general public how hasty and mistaken he had been in accusing black Muslims of bombing his home. He said, quote, you won't find a single instance where Muslim men ever moved to attack women and children. I know their tactics and their limitations. And I'm telling you, things happening to me these past weeks go beyond the realm of the Muslim, end quote. Malcolm was convinced, Ms. Mitchell says, that a conspired maneuver was already in motion whereby if anything happened to him, Elijah and his organization would be blamed, end quote. So we document the statements of Malcolm X's in a circle most of whom exonerate the nation of Islam. And these are people whom we would say in the research world are primary sources. Yet you will have callers and other people engage in sheer cognitive dissonance against any facts that defend the nation of Islam or the black Muslim. And it is very sad because to me, as someone who loves my people and who have worked among my people since I was a teenager, it is indicative of the pathology of self-hatred that continues to be something that we have to fight against, that after all of the good that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad has done, after all of the good that the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan has done, my sister lifted up the Republican or conservative rally in Washington. And everybody was talking about it. And one of the things that black folk were talking about was they were drawing a stark contrast between what happened when Mr. Trump and his supporters rallied in Washington, D.C., versus when the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan invited nearly two million black men to come to Washington, D.C. And after those two million black men left Washington, D.C., you could not even find a shred of paper that was trash or refuse because Minister Farrakhan gave the command to all of the brothers, brothers, we're going to leave the mall like we found it. We're going to take our trash with us and we're going to have a day of peace and brotherhood. So after all of the good, 90 years, the nation of Islam has been established in America, benefiting our people, uplifting our people, defending our people, working to present a model of the potential of our people. You still have many people like the caller who are willing to believe lies and propaganda. And so I feel sorry for my brother if those are his sincere beliefs. And I, I would I would say, my brothers, if I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be, uh, you know, as neutral as as a host, but I do have a flavor. And I, so I, I will make the declaration to, to those out there that I need to have a, a little short opinion on this now. 
you got to you got to line these two individuals. I would never compare that and never disrespect Minister Farrakhan. But who do you trust more, Minister Louis Farrakhan or J. Edgar Hoover? Right. And I would put that question to the black community right now. Anyone, if anyone could call this show and say, I trust J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, well, you know, I, I'll let you say that. But I, I'm saying people, J. Edgar Hoover has a track record. The FBI has a track record. The system set up by the, this American government has a track record of hating black people. That's that just my commentary, my brother. And the Honorable Brother Minister Farrakhan has a 60-year track yes. record yes. of yes. loving black people. And you raised right. the right point, Brother David. The track records need to be put on the table. Yes. And people need to be judged based on their track record. Yes. And if there's a track record that gives some authority for suspicion, then that's fine. But everything in the track record of the Honorable Brother Minister Farrakhan violently militates against that fallacious charge that he had anything to do with those events. On that day, if, if, if I can say this, I think it's important that we we go a little deeper because yeah. I heard Abdurrahman Muhammad last night. Um, of course, he is the primary figure, I, I hesitate to say, author, but the primary face of the Netflix documentary, Who Killed Malcolm X. I heard him last night giving his thoughts on the Ray Wood disclosure. And of course, his point is to insist that despite that, despite the evidence that through Ray Wood, that the NYPD and the FBI were the ultimate orchestrators of the assassination of Malcolm X. Brother Abdul Rahman insisted that should not distract from the fact that the Muslims did it. The Muslims, and he insists on that point because the five identified shooters that Talmud's hair identified were to one degree or another associated with Muhammad Mas number 25 in Newark. And because those shooters had some historical relationship to the mosque in Newark, that means the nation of Islam killed Malcolm X. But a key point here is that as Zach, I'm sorry, as Carl Evans admits, according to numerous testimonies, the shooters before that day, going back to June of 64, had been getting training for the hit. Now, by a team of trained assassins. They were trained to carry out their hit on February 21st. Now, Carl Evans described this assassination training team as unidentified, except those trainers are not unidentified. Through the investigative research of Italy Mon and 
um, filmmaker, Sharif Nasir, through the confession of Anas Lukman, a very critical piece of this story, who was an intelligence operative that was sent to over to assassinate foreign heads of state by the CIA and other international governments. That's the man in a black coat hovering over Malcolm X's dying body on the stage of the Audubon Ballroom. He confessed that the trainers of the shooters, the primary trainer was Seizo or Sensei Takahara, a Japanese martial artist. And this is why uh, Rondell Collins, his nephew said, well, the real assassin was this mysterious agent. Well, that mysterious agent was the trainer of the assassins, and these were all from Malcolm X's organization. It was Malcolm X's people who trained the people who ended up pulling the trigger. So if the shooters are to be acknowledged, and they are, but what about the trainers of the shooters that put them up to the job and prepared them for the job? They came from both Malcolm X's organization, but they had their ultimate paymaster was the intelligence community. So any way you cut it, it is not that even though five of the known shooters, though so there was a sixth shooter, that has not been brought into conversation, the conversation yet, even though the five shooters were affiliated with the mosque, but their trainers belong to Malcolm X's organization. So you should say it was Muslim Mosque Incorporated who murdered Malcolm X. So you should say it was Organization of African-American Unity that killed Malcolm X, but ultimately, it was the U.S. government that killed Malcolm X. And all of those were pawns in the wicked game of J. Edgar Hoover and the U.S. government. He had pawns among the Muslims. He had pawns among Malcolm's people. He had pawns in the larger Black community. He was the puppet, or the puppeteer, and all of these Black actors what puppets? Brother, what, what, what was the brother that was a, a photographer that uh, associated with one of the, the killings? Uh, he was a well-known photographer for one of the magazines that they found out later he was a uh, somewhat of an agent for J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, I don't have his name. I'm trying to what, recall. Associated with Malcolm X? Uh, no, with, for J. Well, he, I, he was, uh, I don't know if it was through Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, he was a well-known black. You're talking about uh, you're talking about Ernest Withers. There you go. There you go, my brother. And this is what I'm trying to uh, what we're trying to get out to the listening audience. My my main thing as a uh, being unbiased or biased, don't trust the system for what it shows you on the surface. That's right. And uh, we definitely uh, have to go ahead and and mention this is your superstation. K-I-E-E 88.3 FM. You could also uh, hear us on the World Wide Web at www.kiee883fm.com. 
Org. Now, early tuning app, sister, and you tune in app. Yes, and you tune in tune in app. Now, the uh, I said earlier that we was not going to uh, accept any callers. So, even though I thought I had a little bit of power, I got it. It, it got taken away from me. They want to hear from the callers uh, and callers. We want to remind you that uh, you will have a one minute to make your point or your or, or your question, and if there is any, I'm told that we have to he- hear both sides of the stories. We are, already know are, both sides of the story, Gene. Conservative Louisiana, and we know the mindset, well, and, and we always have well, to work hard to educate our brothers and, and sisters, and those then, who don't think outside of the and, box. And then call the big man, and the big man just got through from calling <laughs> me and telling me, uh, excuse me, what we want to hear from the callers, but also Mr. June Anders with Business to Business that comes on Fridays, yes. uh, Brother Jay, yes. he, uh, he he mentioned that he would love to, for us to do like a part two maybe on his segment uh, later on, um, maybe in a couple of weeks or so, he would love for us to come, yes. I mean, us. Yes. he would love for Dr. Wesley and Brother Dimitri and of course us to come uh, back on for part two. We, so, we, we know when we, we was going to get these brothers on, it was going to be dynamic. We could use those words <laughs> to describe the show, brothers. And, and, and look, uh, we don't have whatever... When the caller call in, if you got to chop, you chop. Uh, you do whatever you have to do, you know. This is uh, Louisiana. Yes, it sure is. So, caller, you can call in at 337-534-0036. Dr. Wesley? Yes, yes, ma'am. And, and I, I, I think um, myself and Brother Dimitri, I, I, I think we're happy to receive calls from the callers. We are, I believe, well prepared by the Honorable Brother Minister Farrakhan to um, respond with love to our people. If our people knew better, our people would speak better and and we would do better. So I don't, I, I think we're, we are pretty battle tested. I don't think either one of us has a problem with um, receiving the calls. And I would add to that, Dr. Wesley, you're so right. You know, we we want feedback. We want to hear from those who are sincere. And I understand that you all as hosts, you know all too well that oftentimes there are persons who call in who have an agenda and is not a sincere interest in hearing the truth, but I'm I'm intrigued because, you know, for so oft, so many years, the propagandists who have wanted to blame the Nation of Islam for Malcolm X's assassination have never cared anything about hearing both sides of the story. They have never cared anything about hearing the narrative of those who believe in the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who believe in Minister Farrakhan, and who are the membership of the Nation of Islam. But now in southern Louisiana, you have two members of the Nation of Islam who are by our very presence on this station busting the old tired trope that the magnificent message of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad is only of an appeal to those who may have come out of prison or who may have been living a street life. But you have two intelligent black men who have been on this, on these airwaves providing facts and documentation to offer a defense 
for a man that this government hates and for a movement that this government hates. And now all of a sudden, there appears to be a cry that both sides of the story need to be heard. I don't, I don't believe that. I do not believe that. You've had the last word for the last 56 years. And now the students of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan are rising all over America and the world to vindicate a man worthy of being defended. And now all of a sudden you have an interest in wanting both sides of the story to be told. Miss me with that. The nerve. Yes, and we have a uh, the the phone line is loaded. Uh, Caller, you 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 have a quick question or a comment? You're on. Yes. Good good morning. Morning, sir. First of all, I want to thank the owners of of KIE for providing a venue where uh, you can have this kind of conversation and dialogue with professionals and the layman, the people who are the listening audience, as well as my comment being that. You know, we live in uh, the united, uh, ununited snakes of America. So with that in mind, are we not surprised that uh, what has been withheld from Malcolm X? Because, see, uh, these people are the masses of diversion. We witness it with Forrest Gump. I mean, with Forrest Trump. You see, so it's a massive diversion. So when what really happened with Malcolm was uh, diverted from, then the nation of Islam was thrown under the bus as having some uh, involvement in, in this uh, horrendous crime, you know, this attack on a man's life for exercising this uh, Second Amendment uh, that's stated in this outdated, outrageous Constitution that everybody stands behind now. You know, this is a document that's been written 233 years ago. But you see how it's been flipped around and played with and used as a diversionary method and tactic to take away from the real situation and put you somewhere else where you don't even really figure out what's going on. They've been doing it forever. They go to other countries and infiltrate with their democracy and create problems for everybody. In the uncivil war here, and these are ununited snakes of America, then you've got North Vietnam fighting South Vietnam, South Korea is North Korea. I mean, come on, man. Well, I, I don't know what is the Caucasian's purpose and what is his culture. So that's my comment, man. Okay, thank, thank, you. Thank, thank you so much, Carl. Thank you so much, Carl. Thank you. thank you for that comment. Yes. Uh, Brother Dimitri. Go yes, ahead. Yes, ma'am. I... I, I I had to apologize. I had to calm down, sister. So forgive me. I don't mean to be raising my voice, but you know, obviously, this is a subject that both Dr. Wesley and myself are very passionate about, particularly because it is these kinds of issues that keep our community divided. And the work of Minister Farrakhan has been the work of working to bring about a healing among our people. So the recent revelations of Mr. Ray Wood and the facts of the case uh, and that which is yet to be revealed that is hidden in the files of New York Police Department, Bossy, the FBI, and the ADL, they need to be revealed so that we as a community can be healed. Their job was to make us look at each other as enemies. That was their job. And so to the degree that there are those who see the nation of Islam as their enemy, 
then consider Mr. Hoover's job and those who worked with him to have been a job that was successful. And quite frankly, on that note, for those who want to uh, continue uh, drinking the Kool-Aid of propaganda, they should note that it was revealed in internal memos that the assassination of Malcolm X was taken credit for by the FBI. They considered it an example of successful counterintelligence activities. In other words, it was something that they bragged on. In other words, it was something that they said justified their activity. In other words, it was something that they could point to when they went up each year at the end of the fiscal year to get an increase in their budget. They say, look, we're running this operation and we're effective. We're being successful. And they pointed to Malcolm's assassination as being an example of that. Now go back to when that was 9-11. We were told in the general public that Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda took credit for 9-11. And so everybody was expected to believe it because they say the man took credit for bringing down the Twin Towers. Well, now the FBI has said they take credit for Malcolm's assassination. Should be end of story, right? But no, there are those who yet are are more willing to believe that their own black brothers and sisters who only mean them well are willing to be uh, destructive in our struggle for liberation. So we have to really begin to think deeply about how do we heal. And part of that healing, I would argue, is that we need to uh, follow up on the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's call and actually work for putting together whatever we need to to officially ask for all of these government agencies and entities to open all of their files. Because even that which we have, that we have received from the Freedom of Information Act, that has given us, you know, these memos that we share back and forth. You know, Jim Vanderwaal, War Church here, write about in the Cointelpro papers. This is just the tip of the iceberg. We we only know, like, not right. not even the full tip of the iceberg. You know, we only know what they have permitted us to know, and right. yet what they have permitted us to know is so condemnatory of them in this regard. Uh, we can only imagine what is contained in that which they are keeping hidden. Yes, we have another caller. Caller, you have a question or a comment? I got a comment, guys. Look, I, I hate no religion at all because all religions have created all wars around this country. And, and the biggest thing that we understand as black people is that no matter which religion we follow, it's going to be enslaving our minds. Now, I'm not knocking the brother for trying to correct their mistakes. It wasn't their fault. But the Muslim did have FBI informants in their calls. Now, the thing is, if we don't heal anything, we got to start by telling the truth, whether it's white or black. You know, we got all black-on-black kids shooting each other for no reason of a territory and don't even know why they're killing them. But if we as adults don't start confessing to the truth, they're going to be passing the lie on and on on each other. But Muslims and, 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 and Christianity and Judaism, all this here has created all the wars of the country. And we the people are the one who got to suffer in it because all they do is to point the finger at the other one. So if we're going to heal anything, let's tell the truth. 
the Nation of Islam I, I, did have some I, you assassination have, have, funds. You have five seconds. Went toward Nelson X killing. 1,001, 1,002. So we okay. have to start telling the truth. Okay. Like uh, all right, call it. Uh, I'm not going to say uh, thank you for your uh, question or your comment. I mean, uh, all we're trying to do is that trying to just bring out the information, the correct information. And we have the best in in the world to bring out this uh, information, Dr. Wesley and Brother uh, Dimitri. And, uh, you know, Brother Jay, it seems like. I'm just about not going to have a job because I'm not letting nobody else call in. <laughs> yes. So, well, well, <laughs> may, 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 may I respond to it? Yes, please. Brother? Yes. And, and I would say, I, I don't, this, this, I, I don't see either of those calls, despite their posture, this, despite the spirit, I don't see those as bad calls. I see those as great opportunities to do exactly what the brother suggested needs to be done. It shared the truth. I would say to my brother that it is not the religious mind that has articulated the illogic that I heard in some of your comments with due respect. You claim to hate religion, but your thinking was so imprisoned, uncritically imprisoned by what was told to you, and there was great illogic in there, by which I mean this. You said, dear brother, that because there were FBI informants in the nation, then the nation should own up, in words, to being the killers of Malcolm X. Well, no one says the Black Panthers killed Mark Clark and Fred Hampton. No one blames the Black Panther Party for the murder of Fred Hampton. However, William O'Neill, the head of Fred Hampton's security, was an FBI asset that provided the floor plans of the house and drugged Fred Hampton so with a sedative so that he will be asleep when the hit was carried out. The only reason the hit was successful as it was, because William O'Neill, who was both a card-carrying Black Panther, head of Fred Hampton's security, but also an FBI asset, He's at the root, his activity is at the root of Fred Hampton's murder. So William O'Neill, both a card-carrying Black Panther and a card-carrying FBI asset, but the narrative is only that the FBI killed Fred Hampton. The narrative is not that the Black Panther Party killed Fred Hampton. So why is not the Nation of Islam given the same privilege of logic? that William O'Neill wasn't acting as a Black Panther. William O'Neill was acting as an FBI asset, and so the FBI is guilty of that crime. Those FBI assets and CIA assets and military intelligence assets within the Nation of Islam, within Muslim Mosque Incorporated, within the Organization of African American Unity, 
all of those card carriers were yet card carrying intelligence assets. And what they did on that day was on behalf not of M MMI, not on behalf of OAAU, and not on behalf of the NOI. What they did on that day was on behalf of the intelligence community. Yes. Uh, and Carla, you have a quick uh, question or comment? Yes, I do. Hotel family, uh, this okay. is the open line. And so all we're trying to do is bring truth to the people here. And so we have to bring the balance on both sides. Everybody knows that the FBI under gay Edgar Hoover was a notorious uh, organization that infiltrated black organizations and tried to pit one against the other, uh, do all kind of notorious things. So nobody's disputing that. And the other thing we're not disputing is that the Nation of Islam has done some great things. There are organizations that have uh, contributed greatly to the African-American community. But in the spirit of truth, we must admit that uh, in the final call, Malcolm X, there was a photo of Malcolm X's uh, head rolling because of the things that he said against uh, Elijah Muhammad. And Malcolm X himself said that he knew he was a marked man. He knew his life was in jeopardy because of the things he said against Elijah, because he said if someone else had said it, uh, he himself would have taken them out. So there's a lot of evidence that the Nation of Islam was complicit. Nobody's saying they're the only organization that murdered Malcolm X. We understand that they pulled the trigger, but nobody's saying that they're not, they're, they didn't have uh, other organizations that were complicit in, in the uh, murder of Malcolm X. So in the spirit of truth, we're trying to bring out the truth. And you have to face reality. People have to be accountable for their actions. Otherwise, it's not going to change. So they were complicit. They did contribute. And it's not to take away from the good works that they've done and not to dismiss other organizations that were also complicit. So thanks for taking my call, and I appreciate the conversation. But in the spirit of balance, let's bring out both sides so that we can get to the truth and help our people heal. Yes. So we have to have a healing process here. So don't attack the messengers. I hear the emotions. It's not the messengers. We're just trying to get to the truth here. And there is ample evidence that the nation of Islam was also complicit. Hotep. Yes, thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Cole. May I, may, uh, I, may I respond, please? Yes. Yes. There's no evidence that the nation of Islam is complicit. That is right. We're talking about the Nation of Islam being pursued by law enforcement agencies. If there was evidence, then the Nation of Islam's leadership would have been arrested and imprisoned for the assassination of Malcolm X. So, so let, let's just be, since my beautiful sister, and I thank her because unlike the previous caller, 
I believe her to be sincere. But, you know, even though we are entitled, as the old saying goes, to our own opinions, we're not entitled to our own set of facts. And there is no evidence that the Nation of Islam had anything to do with the assassination of Malcolm X. Dr. Wesley just made a very powerful point. See, we, we have not known and understood the workings of the government because they have worked so desperately to keep themselves hidden. But the primary two characters that were embedded in black groups was one an informant and the other one was an agent provocateur. An agent provocateur is literally a person who actually has legal authority to commit crimes in the name of the organization that they are embedded in. So since Mr. Wood, again, the most important quote of the year, I was hired. It was my job to encourage, i.e. manipulate, cajole, intimidate, threaten even members of so-called civil rights or black groups to commit felonies. Do you know what that means? That means that if those members of those organizations committed those felonies, that they did so at the behest and the manipulation of the government. That exonerates the organization. We have to, again, understand what we have heard and what is actually taking place. This is the reason why many times when people are arrested and they feel that they were entrapped, they begin to say that as a part of their defense because the government is not allowed to entrap people and to coerce people into committing crimes and then turn around and prosecute them for the crimes that they committed at the government's insistence. Right. This is America, right? We're supposed to be a leader in democracy and uh, uh, the rights of the citizenry. But I believe, see, my point is this, passion aside, the facts remain that for 56 years, most of the information coming out about the assassination of Malcolm X have come from sources that are hostile to the nation of Islam. So now when the nation of Islam, by the grace of Allah, God, has been able to defend itself in a way unlike we were defending ourselves before, the public now begins to say, well, you know, you were complicit and you should just own up to this, etc." We have borne the brunt of this for 56 years in right. spite of such efforts to heal the wounds that many people I'm finding don't even know about. For instance, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and Dr. Betty Shabazz came together in 1995 at the Apollo Theater and they held a reconciliation event. But in reality, that was actually a fundraiser that was held at the insistence of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. In that fundraiser, which Minister Farrakhan led and called for, $250,000 was raised. Who was it raised for? It was raised for the daughter of Malcolm X, Kubila Shabazz. Now, what's extraordinary about the situation is this. Minister Farrakhan had been notified by government officials that there was a threat or a plot to assassinate him. And they told Minister Farrakhan that the daughter of Malcolm X, Kubila Shabazz, 
was plotting to assassinate him, along with a Jewish young man who came out was actually an FBI operative, Michael Fitzpatrick. And they said that these two are plotting to assassinate you, Minister Farrakhan. Do you know how Minister Farrakhan reacted? Minister Farrakhan reacted by not believing the government. Knowing the history of the government, the minister said, I don't believe Minister Malcolm's daughter is actually sincerely seeking to take my life. So the minister went on her defense and he used his good name and reputation with black America to get the public to see that this was the government's effort to create a war in black America between the supporters of Malcolm X and the supporters of Louis Farrakhan. And so Allah guided Minister Farrakhan to rise above the situation. And it was a great reconciliation, a great healing event. But most people either don't know it or know it and refuse to acknowledge it. So I don't want to hear these propagandist-driven opinions that we have something to apologize for when we do not. That is right. Uh, yes, and uh, we have one more one more uh, caller. But before we go to that caller, uh, you, you, I know y- y'all remember the the great Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey and what the FBI done uh, with 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 him. Uh, you had the the PGRNA, the Provisional Government of the Republic of New Africa. Uh, they uh, they were. Uh, Bomb, I mean, not bomb, but then they, there was a shootout. And remember the great Honorable um, Dr. Imari Obadelli right here from uh, Even throw Baton our, our hometown Queen sister, Audrey Moore, into the mix. Because uh, I am from New Iberia, Louisiana, where Queen Audrey Moore, Mother Moore, is from. So we, our, a lot of our young people's minds are clouded about their history. And I'm glad these brothers are setting the record straight. And I happen to believe what they are saying. Uh, we, Carly, we'll go to the caller. Carly, yeah. may, may I make a comment go ahead, before my brother. we go to the caller, to the last caller, you can hear me? to add on to Brother Demetrius' great point? It's important that we distinguish between individual actors and institutional responsibility. Language yes, matters. Yes, 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 yes. And so the sister kept saying the nation, just own up, the nation of Islam killed Malcolm. And Brother Dimitri came right out the gate with the most truthful answer. There is no evidence that the nation of Islam killed Malcolm X. yes. Some of those, the participants in the murder were members of the Nation of Islam. But does that mean that the Nation of Islam bears institutional responsibility for the assassination when the the institution hid the most honorable Elijah Muhammad gave clear command to leave Malcolm X alone? Because there were in, there was individual participation yes. from members of Malcolm X's close security detail. Does that mean that Malcolm X's organization organizations bears institutional responsibility for his murder? Why is it never said Muslim Mosque Incorporated murdered Malcolm X? It was MMI members who got money and flashed 
their money that they got as a result of participation in the murder. Why don't we ever hear MMI institutionally murdered Malcolm X? Why don't we ever hear Organization of African American Unity murdered Malcolm X? There were individual participants. So we have never shrieked from acknowledging what Tom Talmadge Hare testified to, four additional members of the hit team, but he left out the sixth one. But we don't, we never tried to deny that those named members were affiliated with our Newark mosque. There was individual participation from among the Muslims, but that doesn't make the Nation of Islam institutionally responsible for his murder. That is what we are saying. Okay, call, uh, you're live with KIEE 88.3 FM with us. Queen and Zinga, yes, uh, myself. Uh, uh, okay. To be our guest, I appreciate the brothers coming down with the information that they're giving. Information. Let's remember that word, and now I'm going to begin. We should never, as a nation of people, we should never not want to know what we don't know. If there is some among us that knows something about our 400-year journey in this country, in this nation, then it shouldn't offend people when it's released. It's information. That's right. How you take it, that's up to you. We all need this information. With that said, here's my three questions for the brothers. Brothers, brothers, when it comes to the word unity, in this United States of America, where does the nation of Islam stand at this point in 2020? That's question number one. Number two, what, is, how, what, what does the nation of Islam feel about our economics as of right now with Joe Biden being the president, Kamala Harris being first African-American female vice president? Question number two. Question number three. You know, our brother gave us an assignment. I, I you know, I thought this was Q and A, but our brother gave us an assignment. You know, and uh, I, I would just say, you know, I don't know if the hosts want us to get into more general terms as we have, you know, come for a specific conversation. You know, apologize to to the to the caller, but we 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 running out of time, and we want to give them their closing. But we should answer. Uh, allow me to allow us to answer this last question. Right, right. Yes. What does the honorable brother Minister Farrakhan say about black people taking this vaccine? God, right. a lot said through the honorable brother Minister Farrakhan 
black people do not take this experimental vaccine. That's the vaccine, right. The COVID-19 vaccine is in many yeah. ways more dangerous than contracting the virus itself for many people. Yes. And, and, and brothers, uh, you have any closing comment that you want to get out to the South Louisiana listening audience, Sister Khadija and I? Uh, definitely Queen and Queen and Zing, our other host who's not here today. Uh, we definitely appreciate you guys. The name well, of the books. The name, the of, name the book. of the books and the information. Yes, the name of the book is But Did You Kill Malcolm? Myth Busting the Propaganda Against the Nation of Islam. <laughs> Uh, you can get it at researchminister.com. That's researchminister.com. And uh, I would encourage those who, again, are sincere about learning the truth, whether you agree with us or not, what you've heard today, read the book, you know, and see the arguments that we put forth and the evidence that we've assembled to vindicate the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and the Nation of Islam. And I'm very grateful and appreciative of the time and the courtesy that you've extended to us today to be able to express ourselves, uh, albeit in a passionate way, around a very sensitive subject uh, that is important to our people. And uh, I pray that our time today has uh, helped move us closer toward truth and unity. Dr. Wesley? Yes, sir. I, I, I concur. And Brother Dimitrik is, is right. We we were full of passion today. And if an apology is required, I, I too apologize for the passion with which I, I spoke. If an apology is is necessary, this is a very touchy and sensitive issue because it's an open wound that has never been healed. Brother Demetri perfectly pointed out how for 56 years the Nation of Islam has been all but excluded from the conversation. The Honorable Brother Minister Farrakhan who whose perspective on this matter given his relationship to Minister Malcolm has always been of vital importance. You cannot, we cannot understand the Malcolm X saga if we don't hear from the Honorable Brother Minister Farrakhan and countenance his experience. And he has provided it. Yet, the conversation excludes, for the most part, the testimony of the Honorable Brother Minister Farrakhan. The conversation excludes contribution from the Nation of Islam. And so the narrative is unbalanced. We keep hearing this word today, balanced, but Brother Dimitri made the point, the narrative that you are operating on is the imbalanced narrative. We are here to help balance the narrative. So what's important is Brother Dimitri's literary contribution to the conversation. I would encourage everybody to go to researchminister.com and order his book as you got all the other books on Malcolm X. 
get this book on Malcolm X. This is a very important literary contribution to the conversation. Well, brothers, uh, I definitely appreciate, and I want to give a shout out to Brother Willie Muhammad of New Orleans, Louisiana, for helping help facilitate this uh, conversation. We it's a conversation much needed in this area, also uh, as as much as across the country. One of the things I, I want to say, I've heard, I, I don't know if it, uh, it's Doc, Brother Doctor Wesley Muhammad. I heard him say, uh, "Everybody's hurting from this whole." Uh, situation. Uh, the black community is hurting. The nation of Islam is hurting. Minister Farrakhan is hurting. We all are hurting because we know that this system here in America is designed uh, against and it works against the better interests of black people here in America. I, I have to say it is it's, uh, being played out every day when you hear a wrongful police death you hear the number of violent incidents in the black community across this country. You hear the right. economic hardship uh, that we have to face here in, in, in Louisiana and around the country, everywhere. So uh, in order to stop hurting, we have to know the truth in order to move on, brothers. Agreed. I wanted to add, um, dear brother, um, make sure that the audience knows that my brother conducted, I believe, a four to six hour uh, seminar that yes. I believe is available on his Facebook page, yes. Dr. Wesley yes. Muhammad. And, you know, for those that don't read, because I know a lot of us don't like to read. Yes. But you still need the truth, whether you are a reader or not. Go and watch my brother's seminar, his master class, where he dissects Malcolm's assassination and provides key insights into this subject matter, not based upon his opinion, not based upon his speculation. I think that's a point that I have to hammer home. You know, we, we are on here today not to provide conjecture or opinion, but to provide a narrative that is on a foundation of facts and information that we document. So let me just say, say this. When you're dealing with facts and documentation, your opinions are inferior to facts and documentation. You cannot come before facts and documentation and throw your opinion on the table and have it to carry weight. This is the reason why there are rules to historical research and scholarship. So when you have persons like Dr. Wesley, myself, and there are many others, who have spent time and cared enough about this issue to devote aspects of their life to this, you are not at liberty to just dismiss what we are providing unless and until you have looked at the work that we provided and you can deconstruct our arguments and identify where we are in error. Otherwise, first of all, go and review what we have put forth and I'm standing behind. So please go and see my brother's class at Dr. Wesley Muhammad. Doc, am I giving them the right place? If I'm not giving them the right place to watch it, correct me. You are. It, it can be viewed on YouTube. Um, understanding the assassination of Malcolm X on my YouTube page, Wesley Muhammad. Thank you for that. Yes, sir. And on my Facebook pages as well. Yes. Yes. And again, I, I thank you, brothers, and uh, 
we definitely appreciate and love you guys and the work you have been doing. The Honorable Brother Minister Farrakhan loves you, and he grows love for all black people and all the those who are with him. And thank you. And thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Bye-bye. There you have it uh, here on KIEE 88.3 FM, an exclusive conversation with Brother Dr. Wesley Muhammad and Brother Demetric Muhammad. And I hope uh, the audience uh, in South Louisiana has gotten something out of this. We might not all agree on some of the premises of the conversation, but uh, I am also emotional about this thing right here because we know this system here in America has been playing black folks in a negative way. And we have individuals who have participated in the demise of our community for a long, long time. 